this is my favorite. I love what we're doing this morning. Are you with me? We're, we're, we're excited to have you with us. We're excited to uh, celebrate Jesus. And I just want you to know ahead of time, you're going to have opportunities to participate here with me and to celebrate Jesus and to respond back. And then when we sing again later, I just want to encourage you to look at the lyrics that we're singing, to sing them out and to celebrate the, the glorious good news that, uh, that Jesus is making possible for all of us this morning. The celebration is going to continue, no doubt, and we're going to have a lot of fun celebrating that Jesus is alive. Uh, but, but in some ways, the celebration is even better if we back up in the story a little bit. And so as much as we're getting to celebrate the risen Jesus, I want us to start on that Friday, that first Easter 2,000 years ago. I know I already mentioned this a little bit, but this is where I want us to bring our attention. Here's where I want us to start this morning is back to that first Easter weekend 2,000 plus years ago, that Friday, to Jesus willingly dying so that we could find life, to Jesus going to the cross and, and being brutally executed by crucifixion, to being dead God himself, the God-man, fully God, fully human, goes to the cross, dies, is dead, is buried. It really was a funeral day. And then what about that Saturday? What would that Saturday have felt like? That awful Saturday Put ourselves there. Can you imagine not knowing that the resurrection was coming? We, we celebrate today thankful that we know the end of the story. But can you imagine that first Saturday? Can you imagine not knowing that God was still in control, that, 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 that he was still in control, that he did have good plans, that he did have something in store? Can you imagine that awful Saturday not knowing that the celebration of Sunday was coming? Life, uh, in, for me, recent life for, for my family and I, uh, life has included a lot of hurting and a lot of crying out recently, a lot of asking God for help. And as some of you come this morning, I don't know if that's something that you relate to in your life or not, and we'll talk about that in a minute, I want you to, I want you to think about this and what you're facing and, and what God brings to your mind right now. But I'll just be honest that life recently has included a lot of hurting, a lot of crying out to God, a lot of waiting for an answer, a lot of wanting answers, a lot of knowing that God can help, that God could do something about what we find ourselves in. But him not choosing to act, not getting an answer yet. And, and I don't know about you, but perhaps you'd relate to me on this or not. I don't know. Are there times when we go, why? Why, God? Hurry up. What are you up to? What are you thinking? What are you, I, I don't know about you. All I see in front of my face sometimes in life is the funeral. All I see right in front of my face sometimes is, is Friday. Is the, is the awful Saturday. I can't, and in that situation, I can't imagine how God is going to bring about reason for celebration. I don't see. I don't see what he has in store. I don't see how he's going to bring an Easter party. So what is it for you? What are you facing right now 
where you relate to a little bit of what I just said. What are you, what are you asking God about? What are you waiting on God for right now? Perhaps there's a pain of some sort that won't go away. Perhaps there's a hardship that you can't see the end of. Perhaps there's a relationship in your life that's dysfunctional and broken. What else might it be in your life? Something that's leading you to uncertainty and confusion and frustration and, and the unknown and, and the waiting and the wondering what, what, if God's going to do something. Do you have something in your life that fits that description? If you do, I want you to bring it along this morning for a few minutes with us. And if you don't, if you don't relate to that, praise God, I'm thankful for you. That you're in a season of life where you're finding joy and and, and things are going okay, I'm I'm thankful with you and for you. If you relate to that, though, I want you to bring it with you here for a few minutes. And if you don't relate to one of those situations, I want you to think about the last time you've lost a loved one. Someone passed away. The end of their earthly life came. I want you to keep that in mind as we ask God to teach us from his word in the next few minutes. Wow. Thanks a lot, Pastor Derek. Happy Easter to you too, buddy. (laughs) I think I still got time to make it to the church down the street for a real Easter celebration. Here's why. Here's why I started there. Here's why I want you to bring that with us as we ask God to teach us from his word. Because we are going to celebrate the victorious resurrection from the dead of our Savior Jesus. We are going to celebrate today that Jesus is alive, that he is the Son of God, that he was fully man and fully God, and that he died and that he rose again so that we can find life with God. We are going to celebrate that. But we're also going to read a true, another true story from the Bible, another true story of resurrection from the Bible. And get this, this story that we're about to study is the, is the illness and the death and the resurrection of a human. In some ways, maybe God coming back from the dead doesn't surprise us a whole lot. Maybe we still have a hard time believing it, but at least we go, hey, it's Jesus, it's God. He came back to life. This story is a human named Lazarus and his illness and death and resurrection. And the reason we're going to look at that story is because I think that Lazarus' illness and death is something we all can relate to. His illness and death, in this case today, can be symbolic of the difficulties that all of us face in life. The things that we ask God about the things that we need God's help on. So grab your Bible, if you would, and turn to John chapter 11, because while I started us off on sadness and pain and hurting and want you to bring that with me, there's good news ahead, okay? And the good news is Christ is risen. risen So open your Bible and turn to John chapter 11. If you have your Bible with you, that's great. If you don't, no problem. We're going to put the scripture on the screen this morning so you can follow along with what God has to teach us through his word, the Bible. Father God, we need you to teach us from your word right now. So God, I pray that we would look to you, that we would open our hearts and minds and hear from you this morning. Father, we do relate to times of of painful uncertainty, of waiting and of wondering where you are and what you're doing. God, would you help help us to not just focus on on what's right in front of us. Would you help us to, to look past the funeral, to see that you are good and in control and making plans to party. We look to you now. Teach us by your word, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 11, starting at verse 1. 
Right before John chapter 11, Jesus is busy in ministry. He's serving people. He's performing miracles. He's healing. He's casting out demons, and he's teaching the good news of God. And you know what's happening as a result? People are following Jesus. People are believing in him. People are finding new life in God because they're putting their faith in Jesus. And it's in the midst of this successful ministry and this busy ministry that an emergency arises. And that's where we find us. This morning, John, 11, verse one, John chapter 11, verse 1. Now, a certain man was ill. It was Lazarus of Bethany, which is the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. I want you to know, friends, as we start this story this morning, this true story from God's word, that this family, Lazarus and Mary and Martha, are dearly loved by Jesus. We see multiple places in scripture that this is a family that he's particularly affectionate towards, that he has relationship with, that he cares about. Verse 3, so the sisters sent to Jesus saying, Lord, he whom you love, Lazarus, is ill. And you can see there in verse 13, it's, it's they sent this news to him. They send him this update. It doesn't seem like in verse 3, it's this it doesn't seem like a specific invitation to Jesus or a request of Jesus. But if we put ourselves in the spot for the sisters, maybe we assumed Jesus' response. Maybe we, we, we know what we want him to do. Jesus' answer, though, gives us a sneak preview of what's going to happen. Verse 4. But when Jesus heard of Lazarus' illness, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. In other words, something different is going to happen. Something unexpected. Something incredible that will bring Jesus glory. Jesus hints there at what's ahead. Verse 5. Now Jesus, and again, here's the Bible. Make sure we know the relationship between Jesus and this family. Verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Jesus loved these three. And in the Bible's original language, there's multiple ways of describing love, and the word for love here is this agape love, this unstoppable love, the love of God toward his people. And so if we take that into consideration, we know that this family is dear to Jesus, right? We know this family is loved by Jesus. We know that he has this agape, unstoppable love toward them. We know that Lazarus is gravely ill. We know that Mary and Martha have sent a text message to Jesus saying, hey, your buddy is sick. And so we expect that the response back, that the text back from Jesus is going to look something like this, right? This is what we expect. <laughs> Lazarus is hurt, hurting, sick. <laughs> Here I come. That's the text message we want back from Jesus. He loves us. He knows us. We sent it word that we're sick. He's got to come running. Verse 6. So when he heard, when Jesus heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Huh? What? Hey, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. I'm sure you'll come running. Jesus stays two days longer. What's he waiting for? Seriously, what's going on? But is that our approach to the circumstances we face in our lives? 
do we have a funeral view of life sometimes? Do you, do you I, I, yeah, good, I'm not the only one. Do I sometimes approach life with, with a gloom and doom, only what's in front of me perspective, a funeral perspective when God has, has the big picture, when God knows what he has in store? I want to ask you this morning, have your circumstances caused you to give up on God? And, and, and it's okay if they have. Thankful with you if they have not. But, if, but even for some of us that would say we are followers of Jesus, if we're honest, there's still times when we think, where's God? And especially for those of you that don't know Jesus, for those of you that certainly don't live for him or obey him or follow him, perhaps you have, have because of the difficulties of life, perhaps you have, have given up on God. You avoid church. You figure, ah, what's the use? I reached out to God once. I never heard anything back. But maybe, maybe you rushed to judgment. Maybe you made a mistake. Maybe our human mind and maybe our, our limited human perspective that tends to see only what's right in front of our face. Maybe we've rushed to judgment. Maybe our limited human view doesn't understand God's vast knowledge and approach and love. Just because the cross, just because of Friday, just because of a cross and death and burial and gloom, doesn't mean God lost control, friends. It turns out he had something in store for Sunday. Christ is risen. And so just because my perception is that Jesus is not responding, just because your perception of your circumstances is, I don't think Jesus is there, I gotta, I gotta tell you, it doesn't mean that God doesn't know you and care. It doesn't mean that he's not working. Maybe he's got more in store. Maybe there's a Sunday coming. So I think the big thing for us to consider this morning, I think the key to what I'm asking you to think through this morning is something like this. What if Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus so much that he delayed coming? What if his love for them was so great that he delayed Whoa. It's not the way we'd prefer it because when, when, we're, when you and I are being rocked by the events of life, when it's, it can be difficult to believe that God is there. When, when life's knocking us around, when we're riding the roller coaster of life, it can be difficult to believe that God loves us. But this passage and so many other places in God's word tells us that these delays, get this, these delays are delays of love. We have got to recognize we, we can't comprehend God. We don't understand his ways. We don't know what he knows. And so it's okay to ask why. You should. You should be honest with God in whatever it is you're facing and experiencing the death of that loved one or in that big question mark of uncertainty and going, what's going on? Feel free to talk with God and be honest. And you can ask why. But friends, don't stay there. I, I think that if that's where we stay... I think spending all of our time questioning and rejecting God because his plans don't concert with ours, because his timing is different than our preferences, I think it's a waste. I think it's a missed opportunity. 
because maybe he has something in store. Maybe there's a Sunday coming. It's a delay of love. Jesus delayed his coming to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus because he loved them and wanted to strengthen their faith and their love for him. Perhaps that's true of how God works with us, a delay of love. Let's get back into the scripture, into the story here about Lazarus. Remember back in verse 6, it told us that he had gotten this message about Lazarus being ill, but he did what? He stayed where he was two days longer. Now we pick it up in verse 11. Our friend Lazarus, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, Jesus says, but I go to awaken him. The disciples, his friends around him, said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, I mean, he'll recover. I can just picture Jesus with this face right here. Really, guys? Seriously? Jesus just said, Jesus just said, hey, Lazarus is asleep. I'm going to go wake him up. His disciples go, eh, you know, he'll be okay. Jesus tells them plainly in verse 14, guys, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, listen to what Jesus says here. Guys, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. You know why? Because what you're about to see, what I have in store is so that you might believe. So Jesus says, let's go to him. Let's go to Lazarus. Now verse 17. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb. How long? Four days. And our limited human understanding sees only what's front in front of us and goes, what's the deal with that? It took you four days to get, he's already been dead for four days. What's right in front of my face is, I don't get it, Jesus. And that first Easter must have been the same way, right? Here he is, the Messiah. He came into Jerusalem. We said, Hosanna, the rescuer, God's rescuer is here. We've been watching this ministry of miracles and teaching, and we've been seeing the kingdom of God through Jesus, and he's dead. What? It's our limited view. We only see what's right in front of us. And now Lazarus God, you loved this guy. You could have helped him. If you'd have gotten here, you could have healed him. You could have made him better. He'd have never died. Do we do that? And if we do, are we too short-sighted and not God-sighted, not trusting that he has something in store, that God has not lost control, that God has plans that he is good and he loves us. Let's, consider, let's continue verse 21 and see how Lazarus' sister responds. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's a good, honest response. Isn't that how we often approach the difficulties that we face? The uncertainties, the question marks, the frustration we're going through, the loss of a loved one. Don't we often maybe talk to God and go, hey, change the circumstances here. This could have gone a different way. I have a better plan of what you should have done, God. So Mary, Martha's honest. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And yet look at what she says in the next breath, verse 22. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. She's honest in verse 21. She's disappointed. She's got confusion. She wishes it would have gone a different way. And yet look at what she says in verse 22, her hopeful faith in our great God. 
I hope it's the same for you and I. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And we expect Martha to be shocked here. Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And, and we don't really necessarily, Martha goes, I know. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. And this is to Martha's credit. She is be believing in what God has promised of an eventual resurrection, that all will be raised from the dead. And so she says, I know that he will rise again. And Jesus says, no, let me tell you something more. Verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Not only is he going to rise again, not only am I going to rise again, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the promised rescuer, the son of God who is coming into the world. Now, I don't want you to miss this. Verse 33. When Jesus saw, you, you all friends need to know this. Faith Church, tune in with me and hear this part. Verse 33. When Jesus saw the sisters weeping, and when he saw that the Jews who had come with her were also weeping, Jesus was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? Where have you laid my friend Lazarus? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And it's like the reality of the death. It's like the reality of this life difficulty is, is, is setting in on Jesus. They say, come and see. And verse 35 tells us simply, Jesus wept. Come and see where Lazarus is. And Jesus wept. And I'll say it again, because we got to hear this. Jesus may not always respond the way we'd like. We may be frustrated or confused when Jesus operates on a different time schedule than we prefer. We'd prefer that, that running response, running to our side. And yet sometimes... He delays. But Jesus saw them, knew them, loved them. Jesus, come and see. And he weeps. Down to verse 39. Jesus says, Take away the stone. He comes out to the grave. This tomb carved out of a mountainside and the stone rolled in front of it to block just like the stone we hear about that's blocking Jesus' grave. Jesus comes to Lazarus' grave and says, take away the stone and Martha, the sister of who? The sister of who? No, what does the word say? The sister of who? Look at this change. She was Martha, sister of Lazarus. And now she is Martha Sister of the dead man. Because look what she says. Lord, by this time, there will be an odor. For he has been dead for four days. Now, our Bibles are translated into English from the original language that the Bible was written in. And there's another English version of the Bible called the King James Version. You may have heard this is the version of the Bible in English that has all the these and the thous and a lot of words end with th. You ever heard about the King James Version? The King James Version translates this verse, Lord, by this time, he stinketh. <laughs> and it's funny, 
Because stinketh is funny. Because we don't say that word and it's funny. Lord, by this time, he's been dead for four days. He stinketh. But it's not really funny, is it? There's a body that's been in a grave for four days. It's starting to decay. His sister, Jesus says, hey, roll back the stone. The sister says, whoa. And I think what this is impressing upon us is too late. Too far gone. This problem has no solution, Jesus. You got here too late. You want to see him, but it's been four days and he stinketh. And I think we do the same thing. I think we have the same stubborn disbelief about who God is. I think we have the same stubborn disbelief that God can work in our lives and through us and change us and rescue us. We got to ask too late. This is beyond solution. The situation's beyond repair. We think our lives are so hard and what we're going through and our pain and our difficulty and our loss and that he hasn't been there and he's too late and we say, this stinketh. And then verse 40, Jesus says to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? If you believe, you will see the glory of God. In other words, what? He's got something more in store. They see what's right in front of them. They don't see God's big picture. Because Christ is risen. I'm losing you. So today we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Yes, we are celebrating that God himself came to be with us and he lived the life that you and I can't, that he died the death that we deserve, that he willingly sacrificed himself on the cross so that we could find new life with God. But death did not hold him. The grave could not contain him. He beat death. He conquered sin. He rose victoriously from the dead. And we celebrate that today. And, it, and, and we celebrate today the words of the scripture that we just studied. We also study and think about his words today where Jesus said back then and he says to you and I today, I am the resurrection and the life. I see you, I see your pain, I see your hardship, I see your suffering, and I am with you. I am the resurrection. Resurrection, new life, things being put back the way they should is because of me, Jesus says. I am the resurrection and the life. The lost is found, the dark becomes light, wrong is made right, death can be turned into life because of me. Because I am the resurrection. Uncertain, confusing, painful circumstances can be transformed and redeemed and put back right because of me, Jesus says. Finding hope in the midst of our pain, in the midst of in, in getting through difficult times in life and still having hope is because of me, Jesus says. I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus says to us. What seemed like a funeral to you, I have in mind to give reason to celebrate because I am the resurrection and the life. And then he says, do you believe this? I want to show you, this is a fun opportunity. I want to show you, we're going to show a video in a moment. I want to show you a video of last Sunday when we celebrated what Jesus is doing in this church family uh, by celebrating with baptisms. And the reason I want to show you the video of the baptisms from last Sunday is because this is a visual picture of the resurrection that is available to you and me. Notice that I said the resurrecting power, the resurrecting power that's available to you. Yes, Jesus, God himself, raised from the dead. Yes, Jesus, by his power, raised Lazarus 
from the dead. Oh, wait, we didn't get there yet. But his resurrecting power is also available to us. And baptism is this glorious symbol of what happens for the followers of Jesus. Getting dunked in the water is not what saves us from sin and death. God rescues us from sin and death and makes us right with God when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Salvation, rescue, is a gift of God's grace and it's available to us by putting our faith alone in Christ alone. So these, this video is followers of Jesus who are already followers of Jesus, but they're coming to baptism to say publicly, I'm a follower of Jesus and he's rescued me. And when they're lowered into the water, there's a symbolic representation. They're, being, they're identifying with Jesus. They're being lowered into the water, symbolizing being identified with Jesus' death and burial. They're dying to their old selves. They're dying to their sinful ways. And they're being raised up out of the water, symbolic of the fact that as Jesus rose from the dead, as Jesus came back to new life, we too can be resurrected and find new life. And so I want to watch this visual representation of resurrection power play out. And we also want to show it because these are, this is important steps, spiritual milestones for these people that we want to celebrate again. So take a look at it. And based upon your sharing with us that you received Jesus Christ as your Savior. Ella Seibrandt. Because you love Jesus, you're choosing to follow him. You confess that today. You're going to get to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Zane Seibert, because you love Jesus, you're choosing to follow him. You told us all that today. Emma Moore, based on your profession of faith, you're choosing to follow Jesus. We have the privilege of baptizing you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Addison Moore, because you love Jesus, you're following him, and you're choosing to serve him. Right. Well, it's that profession of faith that makes me excited and privileged to uh, baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm baptizing you now in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You've been buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in the of the Lord. and raised to walk in the video, but I want to hear it here in person. How do we at Faith Church rep respond when we witness baptisms? Because it's a visual representation of the resurrection power that is available to you. It's not what saves us. We are saved by faith in Jesus alone, but those baptisms represent that resurrection power is available to you too, that God is a God of resurrection. And in Jesus, as it, for those of us that are followers of Jesus, we too are resurrected 
Followers of Jesus are being made new, transformed from the inside out. We are, can experience resurrecting power by lives changed, healing and restoration, and things put back the way they're supposed to be. Do you believe this? So let's go back to Lazarus' tomb, verse 41. So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I'm saying this on account of these people around me so that they may believe that you sent me. And when Jesus had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice. I need you to help me with this. Everyone call out what Jesus calls out. Lazarus, come out. Okay, now, I need some more help. You just celebrated baptisms by cheering and celebrating. If we can celebrate a, a symbolic resurrection that way, then we can certainly celebrate a real resurrection that way. Verse 44, the man who had died came out of the grave. This is worth celebrating because Jesus changes lives. And I'm not just talking about fire insurance, get out of hell, free card, someday in the future. This is worth celebrating because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Resurrection and transformation and meaning and rich, full, meaningful life and life eternal with me is because of me. And so the man who had died is called out of the grave. We have this, yes, we're celebrating today that Jesus is alive, that Jesus rose from the dead, but now we've also studied from God's word about a human being, Lazarus, a literal death and resurrection, and it's a reminder that resurrecting power is available to you and me as well. Our hurting, our waiting, it stinketh, and we feel it. But Jesus' resurrecting power is not only for Lazarus. Our hurting and our waiting and our wondering and our loss, it feels like death. We see in front of our face a funeral. But friends, know that Jesus can resurrect, that can, Jesus can put back, that Jesus can redeem and restore and rescue. Don't doubt that he sees you, loves you, knows you, and wants to be there for you. Do you believe this? So let's stand and respond to what God is doing. Let's stand and sing in response to the good news of Jesus, not only celebrating his resurrection, but celebrating that Jesus offers you and I resurrecting power. So I want you to look at these lyrics. I want you to consider what they say, and I don't want you to hold back from celebrating what is worth celebrating. So if the song's unfamiliar, just listen and absorb and look at these lyrics. But as you get to know the song, join in, lift your voice, and celebrate the risen Savior, our risen Lord.
held in majesty of radiance of perfect love now shines for all to see your name your name is victory and all praise will rise to Christ our King Thank you. 
celebrating to do because I want to finish our celebration of what Jesus has done and what he's doing in our lives by singing that even some more. And so I asked the team if we could do that just a little bit longer. And before we do, I just want to remind you that sometimes you and I, we only see what's right in front of us. Sometimes our lives are too focused on what's right in front of us and it feels like a funeral. But God sees the big picture and he has something in store. He is at work for our good and his glory. And the kids got to celebrate that Jesus is alive as well. Before you go, before a new week starts, before we move on with our Resurrection Sunday, I wanna just pause here for just a bit longer give us an opportunity to really consider what God might be doing in us and through us. Because life is hard. I'm, I'm messed up. I'm a sinner who falls short and rebels against God and does things I don't want to do and don't do the things I'm supposed to do. And some of you relate. Life is hard. And then add to that, 
that there are these circumstances that we've been thinking about today, these, these times where we're waiting and we're wondering and where God seems absent and we're experiencing loss. Life is hard and things are not as God intended. Don't try to navigate these difficulties with occasional religion. Don't think that getting dunked in the water at some point was enough. Don't think that being a good person once in a while is enough. Don't think it's by anything you do. Submit yourself to Jesus. To get through the difficulties of life, don't depend on occasional religion to get you through. Instead, put your trust daily, weekly, in the risen King and Savior and trust your lives to him because he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Yes. Father God, we, we believe this. We, we want to believe this. Those of us that are followers of Jesus, we need to be reminded yet again that it's not about us and what we do and whether we earn it or whether we've done enough for you to love us. God, remind us that the good news of the gospel is that God rescues sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you for your son. We thank you for his willing death on the cross. And we thank you and celebrate this morning his glorious resurrection from the dead that makes it possible for us to have new life new life now and new life forever. We thank you for your resurrecting power that's at work in us now and making us alive forever with you. Father, I pray for those in this room, if there are any that don't know Jesus, I pray that they would, they would hear from you now, that they would know of your great love for them now, that they would, that they would simply set themselves aside and acknowledge to, to you that they can't do it on their own. God, if there's any in this room that need to know of your love and salvation and rescue that comes through Jesus. Help us to realize we need you. Help them to submit themselves, to entrust themselves, to follow you by faith today. Father, we thank you that the resurrection power is not just something that, that was true for you or for Lazarus, but that your work continues that you are resurrecting and making us new from the inside out and giving us life eternal in the presence of God. We lift our voices to you, the risen King.